his arms. As a little boy, that's what I remember the most about my father. His arms seemed long enough and strong enough to enfold the whole world. Every Sunday evening before dinner, he would play this game with my sisters and me. After pushing all the chairs aside, we took our positions, my father kneeling in the center of the living room floor and my two sisters and I standing at the far wall. The object of the game was simple. While he knelt down and stayed down, we would run as fast as we could trying to get by him. That's all there was to it, but it sure was fun. And I'll never forget what he did when he caught us. He would lift up our shirts, press his mouth to our tummies, and blow. It made the sound like an old bent-up tuba. Well, the combination of that noise and the vibration on our bellies made us laugh so hard we cried. And yet what I remember the most about that game was his arms. They seemed to stretch from one end of the room to the other long enough and strong enough to enfold the whole world. And the best part, I actually liked it when he caught me. I felt safe and I felt loved. So I like to believe that's how those children felt that day when Jesus knelt down and took them into his arms I like to believe that they felt incredibly safe and loved. Now, this incident is reported in all three of the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which is the Bible's way of saying, pay attention, folks. Pay attention to what? Let's take a closer look. When the curtain opens up, Jesus has just entered the region of Judea outside of Jerusalem, over the last couple of years, he has built up quite a reputation for himself, so when they heard that he was in the area, crowds quickly formed. People who came to hear what he had to say, people in search of healing, a broken body, a broken mind, or a broken heart. So that's what was going on. And suddenly, right in the middle of this church service, there was a the sound of little feet, the sound of children and their parents coming forward to meet him, to be blessed by him. And then it happens, something that still takes place in churches today. Seeing and hearing them disrupt the service, Jesus' congregation began speaking sternly to the children and their parents. At which point Jesus became indignant and said, leave them alone. And then he went on to do something actually unheard of in those days. He knelt down to the child's level opened his arms and said, let the children come to me, for to them belongs the kingdom of God. It is one of the most beautiful images in the Bible, a moment captured by artists around the world. Jesus welcoming the children on his knees, arms outstretched, embracing and blessing them. 
A beautiful moment indeed, yet at the same time a stunning countercultural moment. Now I invite you this morning to keep that precious image in your mind as I read to you a letter that was written on June 18 in the year 20 AD. This letter was unearthed in an ancient town dump on the west bank of the Nile River about 120 miles outside of Cairo. It is a letter from a husband to his wife. The husband's name was Hilarion. He was a laborer who had left home with some friends and traveled to Alexandria to find work. His wife Alice and their young son Apollinarian had stayed behind. Well, after many months, Hilarion did not return home and Alice became very worried. When she heard that another man was planning to go to the capital, she asked if he would try and find her husband and relay her concerns. But that was only part of it. We know by Hilarion's letter that Alice's wife also passed on some happy news, namely that she was pregnant. So with that image of Jesus welcoming those little children on his knees, listen now as I read to you this first century letter. Hilarion to Alice, my greetings. Likewise to Apollinarian, my son. Please know that we are even yet in Alexandria. Do not worry if they all come back except me and I remain in Alexandria. I urge you to entreat and be concerned about our son. And if I should receive my wages soon, I will send them to you. And then in a very matter-of-fact manner, he writes the following. If by chance you bear a son, let it be. However, however, if you bear a girl, cast her out. And with that, he closes his letter like any other letter. You have said, don't forget me. How could I forget you? Therefore, I urge you not to worry. If by chance you give birth to a son, keep him. If on the other hand, if you give birth to a girl, cast her out. That is, leave her alone in the desert to die. In his landmark book, Jesus, a Revolutionary Biography, John Dominic Crossan writes, there was nothing unusual at all about Hilarion's letter. In fact, casting out children, especially little girls, was an accepted custom in the first century Mediterranean world. According to Crossan, an infant was quite literally a nobody in the first century Roman world. Hence our little story for this morning. When Jesus took those children into his arms, he was making a very powerful countercultural statement, namely that children, all children, are part of God's family. St. Luke's account of the same story leaves no room for doubt. He writes, people were bringing even infants to Jesus that he might bless them. If it's a girl, cast it out. Now keep in mind also that Jesus was Jewish to the bone. Judaism had always believed that all children are precious, that all children are a sign of hope. So as a result, Jews did not cast out their babies like the Romans did. People were bringing to infants and little children to Jesus that he might bless them, and his disciples spoke sternly to them. When Jesus heard and saw this, he became indignant, and he said, let the children come to me. They are all part of God's kingdom. They all belong to God's family. So what can we take away from this passage for today? 
Well, for one thing, when it comes to the welfare of children in our country and our world, a little religious indignation is our Christian duty. Let all the children come to me, to all of them belongs the kingdom of God. On October 7, Hamas gunmen terrorized and brutally killed more than 1,400 Israeli people, 30 of which were babies and small children. It was terrible. Since Israel began its counteroffense on October 7, over 3,600 Palestinian children have been killed. That's 420 every single day. Let all the children come to me, for to all of them belongs the kingdom of God. A little religious indignation is helpful. And closer to home. Today, 12.4%, about 9 million children in this country, are living in poverty. For the past few weeks, some of our elected officials at the national level have been attempting to balance the national budget by making things worse for them by trying to slash funding for schools with low-income students, a funding cut that would result in over 200,000 teachers and essential workers losing their jobs. Let all the children come to me, for to them belongs the kingdom of God. 95% of U.S. schools have regular shooter lockdown practice. But even if the children never experience a shooter, there is still an emotional cost. Following these drills, there is a 42% increase in children's anxiety and a 39% increase in their depression. Which, sad to say, means in this country we worship semi-automatic guns rights more than we do children's rights. Let all the children come to me, for to them belongs the kingdom of God. Speaking of school, there is currently a far-right and nationalistic groups who are banning children's books in libraries and schools across this country. Their goal is to block children from learning about themselves, their identity, and an American history that has not been whitewashed. Let all the children come to me, for to them belongs the kingdom of God. This passage is also a wonderful reminder that religion really does matter. That religion, when it is grounded in compassion and mercy, can really change the world. For example, after Jesus welcomed the children that day, the first century Roman church began following his example. To their everlasting credit, they went into the streets, the fields, the gutters, and the town dumps, and they began gathering up abandoned infants. In fact, it was the early Christian church that pioneered the whole idea of adoption and orphanages. Let all the children come to me, for to them belongs the kingdom of God. That is why we have a children's play area in the back of this meeting house. I had a big wedding here just about a year ago. The place was packed. And this couple came in. They lived in San Francisco, and they brought their two-year-old little daughter And i got to tell you, when they turned the corner and saw that play area over there, they were overjoyed, (laughs) absolutely overjoyed. And so was the child. It was amazing, really. So it's a good thing to have that area in this meeting house, even if it isn't used a lot. It reminds us of Jesus' words in his first reading, whoever welcomes children in my name welcomes me. But the biggest reason the biggest reason we have that childcare area over there is that it is a sign to children that they are welcome here. 
assign to children an open and affirming sign that says God loves you and so do we. I love that. It's the equivalent of our church becoming Jesus' body, Jesus' welcoming arms, arms outstretched, arms long enough and strong enough to embrace the whole world.